0: Charity. Good morning. Happy May. May 1st. You guys ready to get going? Uh-huh. You're all quiet. You're like, what's going on now? This is different, isn't it? Um, Steve, uh, shared, Steve Rogers shared earlier about uh, a business meeting coming up. If you came in late, make sure you please get a, a bulletin insert. It talks about uh, a special call business meeting um, for church members on May 15th. It talks about what the recommendations are going to be and, uh, and what's, going, what's going forward as far as some of the meetings and progress for uh, pastoral search committees and things like that. But uh, I, I did want to just stop and see if there are any questions, see if there's something I could answer for you. Um, I know this is one of those times that I don't want people to be in the dark or feel like they're in the dark. If they need to get some info, that's fine. So any questions, really, you can ask a question if you have a question. No questions. Oh, there's one. Two questions. Good, good question. So I don't know about the heater. I don't, it's set for a certain temperature. I don't know. So, sorry. Uh, how do you nominate somebody? You, uh, members go to the business meeting and uh, that little, the little flyer in the bulletin actually has like a, some guidelines the church council has adopted to say these are some qualities of people we should be considering to be on that, uh, be, in, be nominated to that committee. So you basically come to that, that meeting and nominations open. You say, I nominate and I nominate so-and-so, and uh, so-and-so can stand up and say, mm I'm not doing that. <laughs> or they can stand up and say, or they can say, yeah, I'm willing to serve and, and be, be on that committee. Um, that could go on and on and on. We could have 20, 30 people on, on, on that nominations list, um, or less, maybe, probably not more. Uh, <clears throat> but what happens from that, that point is that list gets, uh, only reason it gets whittled down is if someone wasn't there to say no, We call them that next day and say hey you were nominated do you want to serve and then they have the opportunity to say no and we'll we'll make sure you have a published list a finalized list of who was nominated to that committee based on the members nominations and then you'll get a chance to pray over those people and and if you want to talk to those people talk to them you'll have probably three weeks uh, ahead of time to to do that and then um, on the 12th the business meeting on the 12th is when we actually elect and you'll have a secret ballot you'll have however many names are on that nominations you'll have all those names uh, there on the side, and then you'll have a room to write seven names down and uh, or maybe you'll circle seven names out we don't know what it looks like yet, but uh, you'll pick the top. you'll pick your top seven and then uh, a couple of people who, have, who will have been elected that night will go and count and make a tally, and then we'll have a, a committee formed based on the number of votes that were received. Todd. Well, those things should be things that stand out in their life. I mean, someone who lives a life of prayer and is humble and is gracious and isn't contentious and isn't prideful. I mean, those are things that you could see just by initial conversations usually. But it, it should take some prayer. And I think, I think you just make your wisest decision. Sometimes you're not going to know the depths of someone's heart, right? But you're going you're gonna to see what you see and be led by the Spirit to, to nominate somebody and, and go for it. And not every member, by the way, has to nominate somebody. You might come to that meeting and not say a word. That's okay. And someone might nominate you. <laughs> Lori. What is the provision for someone who's physically unable to come to the meetings or out of town or there Business that? meetings? Yeah. So there these meetings? Th- uh, here, here, there's no provision for action. <clears throat> you can be nominated and not be present, but you can't nominate by not, and not be present. So if you were going to be gone, what I would do is get together with another member that's like-minded with you and say, I'm really thinking this person, what do you think? And they can nominate that person. Um, but you can't, you can't nominate from afar, and uh, you have to be, a, be there present to vote. So there's no absentee ballot kind of thing going on. Good question, though. Good? <clears throat> okay. And then once that, that pastoral search committee is elected, then they move forward with, uh, with searching for a new pastor and vetting out individuals, and, uh, and that'll be a process as well. So we're in for the long haul, though, right? You showed up today, so good job. Day number one. Here we go. It's going to be great. All right, anything else we can do to clarify? Are we good? All right, let me pray for us and we'll get started in the word. God, you, you are so great to us and we thank you that you have made us a body of like-minded individuals who, who love Jesus and want to make much of him. God, help us to stay focused on that. Help us to keep our eyes on the prize that is Jesus and not lose sight over, over the little things that may come up. It's all about you, Lord, and we want to serve you and one another well. Guide us now as we look to your word that we would be receiving what your spirit has for us, that we would be convicted of our sin and move us into a place of obedience. God, open our hearts to just receive your truth today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so we're going to be in uh, in Mark. We're going to start there. Um, I, do want, I do want you to know, like like during this time, even uh, even the recommendation that came from uh, the personnel committee, is not to make me in charge of things, right? It's to make me cover the pulpit, uh, extending my duties as associate pastor uh, just to fill, fill the pulpit and make sure things are, are running. Um, so there is, there's a lot of leadership for this church. We have a church council, which is comprised of of every elected leadership, ministry leader in the church. Uh, they make a lot of decisions. You'll see a lot of recommendations from them. We have a personnel committee who who's assigned with personnel, right? Uh, a lot of great people on that. We have a finance committee who, who deals with budget and, and spending. So we have a lot of great leaders in, in our church. And I want you to um, to know that, that your, your church, you guys are represented by by you guys. And uh, and you can always talk to your leadership. If you need the names of people who are involved, call the office. We'll let you know. Uh, if you have questions, more questions that come up about this, feel free to, to call and, and ask. I'd love to give you an answer. If I don't know an answer, I'll surf I'll, I'll you off to a committee member or chairman that that might, right, that has that answer for you. Um, but don't hold those answers in and certainly we don't want to start rumors of assumptions of what we think the answers are. We want to make sure we have uh, are well informed. And what Steve said earlier is, is really true. Keep, keep that green sheet. Please hold on to that and make sure you're referring back to that when you have questions or when someone else comes up with a question. Uh, ultimately, you need to know that the staff, that the church uh, leadership, we, we are all about this body, the unity of this body, we're all about serving and loving each other, serving and loving our community, and, and ultimately serving uh, for the purpose uh, to grow the kingdom of God, for the glory of God, amen? That's what we're about. So, so little things, listen, this is a season of change, and we get that. We understand that there's, there's things going to come up and things that will make us uncomfortable and things, we don't, we don't like change. How many of you guys like change, right? Crystal does, all right. Most of us, yeah, sometimes it's like, oh, it's kind of fun. I'm spontaneous, but, but sometimes it's like, I just like the way it is. I like how it's going. Uh, I have a three-year-old daughter, almost three. Next week she'll be three. And it, you know, she gets a good night's rest, and I think this is going to be a great day. She wakes up and just starts bawling. Like, this is not how I had planned it, Lord. I mean, I don't like, this is just weird. But, but it's great, right? We, we have to roll with those punches because there's a greater purpose to what we're doing. So in the midst of change, in the midst of struggle, in the midst of, of maybe it not being fun, we are still the body of Christ, and we're still going to uh, to to wrap our heart and mind and soul and our being around being the body of Christ for the benefit of the kingdom of God. All right, <clears throat> but the question is, what's next? What's happening next? And and those little changes like these committee meetings and voting and pastoral stuff—that's all—it makes us nervous and uncertain. And I get that. But today, what I want to talk about, and I just felt convicted in my own heart because God, God taught me this this week, and and. I feel like we need to share this. What, what's next as far as what are the solid things that we need to be about next? What are the things that we can put in our closed hand and say, this is what I'm going to fight over? Not, not the things that are going to be in the open hand. They're going to be kind of wishy-washy sometimes or not comfortable or some, maybe irritating or uncertain. But what are the things that are not those things and that are, that are solid and that, we could, that will weather any of the uncertainty in our life? All right? Number one, you ready? Love God. We are to love God. That is so certain. That is a closed-hand thing. Let's check out Mark, chapter 12. One of the scribes approached, and when he heard them debating and saw that Jesus answered them well, he asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? This is the most important, Jesus answered. Listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love, uh, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Something we've heard since Sunday school, this is the great commandment. Love God with everything you've got. Now listen, this is the command that we are to love God. It's, it's to put him as the top priority. He, what he wants, what he says goes. And I know that's hard to do. It's difficult in, in, a, in a changing world, in a, in when I'm in life, and you know, when I'm at my job, when I'm with my family, when I'm with my in-laws, when I'm, whatever. It's, like, it's, it's tough, right? To put God's priorities first. I'm an agenda maker. I like to make agendas. I like to have things planned out. I, I'm, I'm pretty flexible too. But in the middle of that, I gotta I, as I flex, I make new plans and new agendas. And, and it's like a constant sea of motion, right, of agendas. Because we like to know what's going to be next. We like to plan and prepare ahead so that it, we, don't, we aren't caught off guard or something. We aren't maybe even uncom- uncomfortable in a situation, right? Even to, like where are you going to sit at church or how are you going to sit by? or Like those, those decisions we make all the time for our comfort or for our convenience, so we may not be stretched in ways. And not that that's bad, but I think there's a way that we ought to be looking and saying, what is God requiring of me? What's the, what's the chief priority here? What's the most important thing? And I know it's hard, and, uh, and we got to find like how to do this. So the next scripture I have is in First John chapter 4.19. It says, we love because he first loved us. So how do we love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength? Well, this is this verse tells us, and I, I think we've used this verse a lot in different times where it's, we, we can love others because God first loved us. I don't believe that's saying this. I, I, if you look at the context of the scripture that's read before and afterwards, uh, and actually I'll use a scripture later on at, down, the, down the line here, but this scripture is talking about our love for God. We can only love God well and right and perfectly, and not even perfect, right, but love him well because he first loved us. That's the gospel message. That's the hope that we have. You see, here's the the truth. God created us to be with him. And we have sinned and fallen short of God's standard. And and we've separated ourselves from this holy, perfect, true God. And and this God grieves or God grieves in the fact that we have separated ourselves because of our sin from him. But God in his infinite wisdom says, uh, first of all, I have to be just and fair, so I have to punish sin. Sin must be atoned for. I can't just overlook it like they're used to doing or sweep it under the carpet like some do. No, I I have to look at it. I have to see it because one day you and I, the scripture says, will stand basically naked and bare before God, exposed in all of our sin, and we will have to give an account to him. So whether we're good at hiding it today or not, it doesn't matter. One day at judgment day, God is going to see it and God's going to have to deal with it. And, and I think that's what makes God grieve because he has to be holy and perfect and true to that and just. And if he didn't deal with it, he wouldn't be a just God or a fair God or a loving God. And we wouldn't want to serve and love him anyway. But, but because he has to, it, it makes him grieve. So what he, what he intends to do is say, I, sin must be paid for. Sin must be atoned for. So I'm going to do that. And then we have Jesus on the scene, right? And it wasn't just Jesus, the mighty warrior, who came out with a sword saying, I'm going to conquer Satan, sin, and death for all. He came as a baby born in a manger in the lowliest of ways, in the most humble of ways. And as he grew up, he, he lived and he, he taught us, right? He spoke about what is true and right and good. And he showed us the example of, of how, to, how to resist temptation. And, and that he was, he, Scripture says, he was tempted in every way just as we are, but was without sin. And ultimately, Jesus gave himself up for us on the cross because he loved us, right? The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he what? Gave us his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Holman Christian HCSB says that God loved the world in this way. He sent Jesus, right? He gave us his one and only son. See, God's love is this extreme, extreme devotion saying, although they have to give an account, I'm going to pay the tab. I'm going to go willingly. See, Jesus didn't get killed. He willingly laid his life down. He's God. He doesn't get killed. He lays his life down. And, and they put him up there for something he did, for sin that he had committed. And the sin that he had committed was, he said he was God. So they nailed him to a cross. Again, they didn't kill him. He, he willingly let them do that for our sake. But he was able to conquer our sin, able to take on our sin because when he said he was God, he wasn't lying. When he said he was God, he wasn't blaspheming. When he said he was God, he proved it by rising from the dead. Saying, look, I'm God. You put me up here for nothing. I'm I'm Jesus. I'm God. I laid my life down. And and, and there's a new song out that says, on the cross his, his love ran red. Right? The shed blood on the cross shows us how much God loves us. The Bible says that all all we have to do is respond in our hearts, that we turn our hearts away from us in our own selfishness, our own pride, our own ego, our own even desire or attempts to earn God's favor because we can't do it. None of us can earn it. As good of a person as, as some of you are, there's still sin in your life and it can't be erased by good deeds. It's still there. When you stand before God, you'll have to give an account for that sin. It's not about how good you are. It's about how good God is. And the work he did on the cross wasn't most of the work and you do the rest. It was all the work necessary. That's how much God loves you. And when you and I turn our hearts from ourselves in that way of thinking, we turn our hearts to God and respond and we let him in. In meekness, we seek to be filled with him. And And the scripture says we're filled with his righteousness. We hunger and thirst for righteousness. And we're filled with his righteousness. Well, what does that mean? It means that God's perfection, God's glory, God's standard of perfection was imputed or put upon us when we hungered and thirst and turned our hearts from our ways to his ways. When we received what he did on the cross for our sake, it was finished. <clears throat> for you and I that can walk around saying it is finished, it's done, there has to be a response from us. Not because they're there has to be, because there has to be. It can't help but be a response. And see, once we understand how deeply God loved us, then we can love Him. We can embrace Him. I think sometimes we, we make light of what He's done for us, and, and that shows in our life and the way we act and treat people and the way we, the way we prioritize things and what's important to us. God loved us so deeply. Once we've received that and said yes to Jesus, the response of our heart should be this deep love back for him. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> now, that's tough because we live in the world. Here's what uh, we're encouraged in Matthew six twenty four by Jesus is no one can serve two masters. Some translations love two masters. Either he'll hate the one and love the other, right? There's a love. Or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve or love both God and money. And here's what I want us to get today out of this. There are lots of times where, where in our Christianity, life is good. It is, it is fun. It's exciting. It's, it's even like there's, there's joy and pleasure there. But there's other times where there's not. There's other times where the priorities of God are going to take us out of our comfort zone, right, into another whole other place. And, and we need to be willing to say, yes, I'm okay with that. Because if I'm not okay with that, what I'm saying is what I really want to serve is my pleasure and my comfort, my familiarity. Instead of saying, I'm going to serve the Lord Jesus in whatever he wants me to do. Listen, we're going through a process right now. Today's day one, we start, right? In fact, not even that, day one was Monday for me. Right, I came to the office Monday and it was a whole new day, a whole new thing going on. And I'm like, okay, God, we're good, we're good, here we go. I got this I, and I knew I, I was going to be preaching today and I'd be filling the pulpit just to make sure we're, we're presenting the word of God and worship's going forward and trying to do my best to love you, love you guys and, and by middle of the day I'm like, yeah, I, I got this I, I, and here's what I said to myself I got this, I can take care of what Stan took care of I, I, can, I can take care of Stan's responsibilities by the end of the day I was depressed you know why? I'm not Stan you all know that I didn't know that though apparently <laughs> I'm not Stan, and I can't be Stan. i got to be who God called me to be, right? I I tried to go to a place that would be comfortable for the church, and I'll just just be Stan. I'll be just like him. I'll try to laugh like him and joke like him, and I can't do it. And and the fact is that you and I all love Stan because of who Stan is, and, and the fact is that most of you love me for me. So I'll just be Brandon, if that's okay with you, right? And I'll go where God called me to be. And, and we'll cherish Stan. Stan. Listen, Stan can never be replaced, right? right? And, and I hope that you can never be replaced, and you can never be replaced, and you can never be replaced. No, you can't either, right? I, I don't want to have to be replaced. Like I, I, we're individual. We're unique. But what it takes is us saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to submit to the Lord and, and go where he wants me to go uniquely and not try to conform into what everyone else says is good or comfortable or right or true. So what's next? We're going to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Knowing the struggle is real. To be in comfort, to be in pleasure, and to not be in God's will. What's next? Number two. Number two is this. Love, you, love each other. Love others. This is, this is the theme verse for our church. It was probably the verse Stan shared the first time he preached. It was a verse he shared last week, the passage he shared last week in his last sermon. It's, but it's the verse that's it's, it's printed on our wall in the office. This is our church's theme verse. "Is I give you a new commandment love one another just as I have loved you you must also love one another by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another so we love God and then we love others and and those two priorities are the first priority that's of uttermost importance that we love God and love others That we bend and break our will, our desires, what we think is comfortable for us, and say, I'm going to lay myself down as a sacrifice like Jesus did in order to love him and love others well. A couple of verses here It goes on. This is my command. Love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, that someone would lay down his life for his friends. Hmm, Jesus did that, and he's asking us to lay down our life for our friends. Going on, this is the verse later on in 1 John 4. And we have this command from him. The one who loves God must also love his brother. There is, this, there is this connection in a Christian's heart between loving God and loving others. When we realized we needed God's love and how much he loved us, we emptied ourselves and said, uh, it ain't about me. I'm over me. But, then, but, but somehow we, we lose that connection between being over us and then trying to be in relationship with other people. We, we fill ourselves up with us again. Like, oh, uh, you're, you're making me uncomfortable. I don't like you. I don't want to be hanging around that person. Oh, man, that person makes me uneasy. We denied ourselves before Jesus so we could receive Jesus. He's asking us to deny ourselves before each other so we could serve and love each other well. And not only that, it's, it's not just for each other. It's for the world. So the world would peer in and say, look how they love. Look, what they, what the, look how they treat each other. That is something to be admired. We're to be a shining city on a hill that, that shows that we care for not only God, we care for one another. That's what's next. We love each other. And I want you to come up with this phrase in your mind. There's two things. First of all, if if God and others are first, your next phrase is this. I am second. I'm second. God and others are first. I'm second. Okay? And and here's the question I want you to ask yourself in the situations, every situation that comes up, as as we face change as a a church, as we face uncertainty and uncomfortable times, there are things that are going to be so secure for us too in the hope of the gospel. But in, those, in the face of those uncertain times, here's the question I want you to ask yourself. Given the situation, what does love require of me? What does love require of me? And do that instead. Choose that instead. That's the good thing. Finally, number three. What's next? What's, in this, what's next for this closed hand that God wants us to have? Always share hope. Always share hope. That's that's what's next. I've got a three-year-old daughter and I got an eight-month-old son. I don't get any sleep at all. My three-month-old daughter, ama- or three-year-old daughter, she she amazingly right now she's singing. She's starting to like things are catching on. It's just like it's going in her heart. You can tell that what she's hearing is going here. So we try to cut out all the junk, right? So she doesn't hear anything. Even like TV shows that we take for granted. It's like she's just playing, and you watch something, and then. She says something that was just said on TV. She wasn't watching. Like, oh God, stop, stop this! I don't want her to go there. I, you know, it's it's tough, right? But she's learning all these songs. I love it. So my dad had, had bought uh, for Easter. He had bought two books. One was Noah's, Noah's Ark and one was David and Goliath. In the back are CDs of great Christian children's songs. So I, we put it in the CD player at night for her to listen to. As she kind of goes to sleep and winds down. And and we put the first night. No, it was like no, not first night. It was like five nights later or whatever. We put the CD in. I'm going to bed, and we have a camera monitor in there, and I can hear what's going on if she needs help or whatever. And, and I'm getting ready for bed, and all of a sudden I, it comes on, and she's singing. So rise and shine and give God the glory, glory. Ri- like, what? That's so great. I have, like, tears welled up. I'm like, that's so cool, right? And then a few minutes later, I'd, I'd brush my teeth. I was getting ready. She's so it's like, it's like, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. right? This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. You guys know the song, right? And that song, it's such a simple child song, deals so deeply with the hope that we have in Jesus and the hope that we are to to, to be to the world. When we always share hope, we are to be a city situated on a hill, bright and shining for the glory of God that people would see our good deeds and praise our Father in heaven. We are to be that, that light, and the next verse comes up, and it's so great, right? Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine, right? Then it goes on, don't let Satan blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. I'm going to shine till Jesus comes, right? I'm going to let it shine. And just that's what she's singing, and it's so simple of a truth even for me now to think this is what I need to do. I need to, to not put my light under a bushel. I need to shine my hope in Jesus as the supreme thing. So everyone can see. I need to not get distracted and derailed by Satan when he, when he tries to blow out my flame. I'm not going to let him blow it out. I'm going to let him sh- let it shine. That's the priority. And, and in fact, it's such a great, great picture and image, and, and I want to show the glory of God forever that I'm going to let it shine till Jesus comes. And that's where we're to be. We're to be the hope in a dark and dying world. So if we can love God, closed hand, right? If we can love people, closed hand. And if we can share the hope of the gospel, that's the closed hand thing. That's the stuff that, that we're dealing with. That, that's the, the heart of what we have to deal with. Not, not do you like the color of the sanctuary? Not uh, should we have this pastor or that pastor? It's God, we submit to you. In the middle of every change that happens, we're going to submit to you and we're going to still be the body of Christ. And if one day we had to sit on a floor that was dirt and we lived in a different country, we ought to do that too, to worship Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. Here's the last scripture I want to encourage you with. 1 Peter 3, 14 to 15. But even if you should suffer, right? If we, if we get a little suffering going on because of in, uh, in uncomfortableness or uh, uncertainty or, or change, that's uncomfortable, that's suffering. We're suffering for righteousness. It's for, it's for the glory of God. You are blessed. Do not fear uh, what they fear or be disturbed. But set apart the Messiah as Lord in your hearts. And always be ready to give a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. That word always, it says always be ready. Interesting translation in the Greek. You know what it means? Always. Always. Always means always. We're always prepared. We're always ready to give a reason for the hope that's within us. Not not to be a critic. I don't like this. This is what's going on. No, Jesus has hope. Jesus gives us hope. Our hope is in Jesus. And that's the gospel message that you and I are going to share. We're going to be that city on a hill that Satan cannot derail. Because its founder and cornerstone is Jesus. Can we do that as the body? Can that be next for FBC? I pray it is. Will you stand and join me in prayer? Father, we... We're in a different season right now as, as a church. We're, we're in a good season, though. We're in a season of change and a season of, of humbling our hearts and our, our minds and our, our will. God, to listen to you and listen for you and, and to be directed by you. And God, I pray that, that we would all do that. We'd all humbly seek you and be led by you. God, there are going to be many times that arise that our comfort is stretched God, our joy uh, may wane a little bit and God, uncertainty may loom. But, but God, we know that you are always certain and you are always sure and secure and our hope is to be placed in you. God, help us to love you with all we've got, to make you the first priority, loving you and loving others, the very first priority of our, of our lives. And God, that as we go, that we would share the hope of Jesus to a lost and dying world. It's in his name we pray, amen. Hey, as we respond right now, this is your opportunity to respond, to to lift up the name of Jesus, to worship him, to praise him, uh, to lift him high. That's what we we do. We're that city on the hill to glorify God, to make much of Jesus. Maybe you need to pray. Maybe you need to set apart Christ in your heart right now and say, he is my Lord. Pray about that. Seek him and say, God, I, I want you to be first and foremost above everything else. Set him apart right now so that we can be a church that's set apart for the purpose and glory of God. And maybe you need to respond to God. Maybe, maybe you understand how deeply he's loved you. But you've never turned your heart to him and said, God, I want what you did, what you finished, to be here on me. Pray right now. Receive him. Ask him to forgive you, to be your Lord. If you need help with that, I'll be down here. I'd love to pray with you. Whatever's going on, however you need to respond, through prayer, through singing, through crying, through kneeling, whatever you need to do, do it now as we sing. Let's sing. an oldie but a goodie I love that song and we, we do we want to lift his name up on high he is, he is so worthy of that right that's why we're here there shouldn't be any other reason that's why we're here God thank you so much thank you for giving us joy in the morning for giving us hope for a future with you and God for giving us a purpose here and now God that we would love you love others and make much of you by sharing the hope of Christ with everyone around us God, help us keep focused as a church. Help us keep focused individually on those things that that matter the most. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. I love you guys. We'll catch you later.